Hello creatives, you are listening to episode 12 of 99% Perspiration. Jay here and this is a weekly podcast bringing you interviews and advice with today's creative and artistic professionals so that you can get the confidence and the know-how to turn your creative calling into a career. We've got a special format episode this week. It's a little bit more stripped back than usual, and I'll let you know why that is in just a bit. But first, on episode 12 of 99% Perspiration. I actually make video games for a living. That is, I, it's crazy to think that. I, 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 once, I once said to myself, like, that, you know, you do a personal statement when you do a university. But the one, I, I had one dream in my entire life was to have my name on a video game and that's happened. Both the interviewees you'll hear this week are from the same games design company based in Gateshead, United Kingdom. It's called Utechnics. That was Luke Withington, a games programmer. There's a lot of people have good grades and there's a lot of people, you know, have good GCSEs, good A-levels and a really nice CV. But what we want to see is somebody who can demonstrate they've gone over and above the course curriculum. Um, so, and there's a lot of different things you can do with games to, to do that. And that was Erin Turnbull. She's a HR manager at Utechnics. And this beautiful, frantic music this week comes from the awesome music designer, John Carl Toth. He's based in Johnson City, Tennessee, in the United States of America. Both Erin and Luke are going to be giving you information about how to get ahead if you're interested in working in games design, the things that you can do to your CV to make them better than anyone else's, and uh, the other things you can do to help you stand out from the crowd. So if you're interested in games design or in working in another creative company just like Utechnics, then uh, this is the podcast for you. Now, the reason this episode is a bit more stripped back than usual is because I'm recording this podcast a little earlier this week. Because when it goes out, when it's on iTunes and when it's on the radio stations, Spark and Hive Radio, I'm going to be over in New York sitting in a suit, biting my nails. Um, The reason being, I'm so excited to announce this. Um, My radio drama, Seaburn, that I made for my master's year at the University of Sunderland, I put that in for a New York Radio Award uh, and I have been made a finalist. So my radio drama is a finalist for essentially the Oscars of Radio, uh, in the New York Festival Radio Awards. I am so ridiculously happy and overwhelmed and yeah, <laughs> you can hear how excited I am. So there's a trailer for Seaburn at the end of the episode if you're interested in checking it out online. It's a free radio drama so have a listen to it, why not? But yeah, um, I'll be in New York next week so uh, wish me luck, fingers crossed. And any feedback as usual, I would love to hear it. Um, Twitter, at 99podcast. The official website, 99podcast.com. We also have the Facebook group, so you can search for 99% Perspiration on Facebook. But without any further ado, I'm going to hand you over now to Erin and Luke from Utechnics. Hello, my name's Luke, and I'm a games programmer at Utechnics. We were talking about this yesterday in the office about, you know, it's kind of people who don't really know what they're doing in life right up until they get to like college and then they pick their options and it kind of steers that direction. But I always I always knew what I wanted to do right from when I was a little kid. I played a ton of, ton of video games when I was a kid. So like Super Mario, Sonic, that kind of like very old games. As I got a bit older around like about the year 2000, I'd say. So about about 10 years old, 12 years old, about that, that kind of era. Um, I started modding Red Alert 2 maps. I, I found some like map editor thing where you could change the code about the, the maps and 
I just wanted to make it so I always won. So I like made it in such a way where my team always had a super awesome year. And that's literally how the whole thing started. I didn't even realize it was programming at the time. And that's, that's kind of how I got into it. And I realized that you could change the way that a game worked based on these like different like variables and all this code that I could change. And it was just, that's kind of how it all started. But I didn't really know that's where it was at the time. I just, looking back on it now, that's where it was. I just didn't realize. Slowly as I grew up, there were more and more times where I started to realize that that's what I was doing. It was kind of a bit of programming. And yeah, just from there, it was writing little programs to help me play games and things like that. And that's, that's pretty much where it's come from. And then only when I got to around college did I actually start being able to pick programming as like an option at school. It was never really something that you could pick in high school. So as far as college was concerned, that's where I started doing a computing A-level. And we did uh, Visual Basic. It's not what it's like. It's known for being like just teaching people programming. So I started doing that in college. And uh, then I noticed that you can actually make games. It was like a real job. And I, was, I didn't believe it until actually going to university and realizing there was a degree in this making games thing. And then that's just when it absolute clicked for me and I was like right that's I, I must do that that's that's what I want to do and yeah that's pretty much it. My name is Erin Turnbull I am an HR manager at Utechnics. So I was originally a careers advisor for Sunderland Council and then um, I took a bit of a year off to go traveling and then I came back and applied for a receptionist role here and I got that and it quickly became evident that um, it was the sort of place that I, I, I wanted to be um, and about three months in they asked me if I wanted to take on an HR coordinator role and now it's five years later and I'm HR manager for, for two companies, Utechnics and its sister company Zero Light. I think, I mean, because I came from a, a council background, it's very different to that uh, in the sense that everyone is so passionate about what they do and um, everybody, it really proves to me how, how it's, it's, it's evident how much people give to the to this industry and, ha and how much they love what they do. Um, it's not a nine to five job, it's a really challenging job and it's, it's a lot of hours to get done what you need to do. Um, but it's, it's, it's so rewarding in the, in the fact that you are, you're actually creating something and you're working with different disciplines. So you're working with programming, you're working with art, you're working with QA, you're working with design. And to see all of that come together and create a product at the end of it is, is so exciting. So my story with Utechnics is um, during my second year of university, I, I, I did it like my entire university degree was a sandwich degree, so you could like do a placement in the middle. Now, after the second year of university, I suddenly decided that I wanted to do a placement. And Utechnics are quite well known for doing placements in, as far as our degree is concerned. So I decided, well, let's, let's try and do it. And all I did was uh, badger Aaron to get me in and interview me and that kind of stuff. And Utechnics also does the studio tours for all of the universities about the place. So we, we get some students in and more recently we've, um, we've got the breakout room upstairs. It's just full of like the pool table, the stuff like that. It's, it's not all fun and games here, but that's it's one of the things that we like to, we like about Utechnics. And we get the students up there and we do some presentations to them and talk about, you know, the, the kind of the process of getting into the industry. 
So I just kept coming along to those and constantly being like, Aaron, you know, is there any, is there any placement opportunities and that, that kind of stuff? It's making your, your face known and, and sometimes that comes by hassling me and, and sending me your CV every couple of months and saying, is there anything, is there any jobs going? And to be honest, that's, that's how Luke got his position here. He, he kind of, on a two-month cycle, he would contact me saying, is there any graduate roles going? What, what, what do I need to do? And of course, as soon as there was a graduate programme and role, I thought, Luke Withington, <laughs> he's ideal for that. Like, programmers are generally quite quiet, quite nerdy people, whereas like, I'm, I'm a massive nerd, don't get me wrong, there's all sorts of nerdy stuff I get up to, but like, I'm quite like loud, I'm quite, quite verbal, that kind of stuff. So I'm always the one in the crowd that's like, able to talk to people and that kind of stuff. You always see people, so we have, we have, we have like, you know, little, little people, like sometimes little conventions and things like that at university, and it was always just people segregating in their little student groups and then the people at work. And I was that one guy who used to be able to run around and talk to absolutely everybody. So I guess that's kind of one of the big, big things. And people always tell me I'm really enthusiastic, but I just think it's just, I'm too hyper. I don't know why, I don't know why. But yeah, so that's, I'd say that was one of the things that probably made me stand out quite a bit. But just, yeah, I worked really hard at university, so I got a good grade as well, which always helps. And uh, the thing I look for mostly on people's CVs is it's great, obviously, if you've had good grades in your your um, your university degree, but there's a lot of people have good grades and there's a lot of people, you know, have good GCSEs, good A-levels and, and a really nice CV. But what we want to see is somebody who can demonstrate they've gone over and above the course curriculum. Um, so, and there's a lot of different things you can do with games to, to do that. It's, um, you could either do voluntary QA testing work at a studio during your degree, so that gives you a bit of an insight into how a studio works, or you could do um, a bit of beta testing online if, if you don't want to, if you can't get the opportunities in a studio, you could just uh, do some beta testing on games that you are interested in. Also with university, you do get a lot of opportunities for collaboration. So if you're a programmer, it's great for me to see a programmer who's met up with an artist and a designer and they've created a game on the side. Um, and there's a lot of different industry competitions that you can enter that, that, um, that promote that sort of collaboration. There's um, Make It Unreal, which uses the Unreal Engine. And there's another um, competition that was started by Abertay University, which is called Dare to be Digital. And that's always... If you've got a Dare to be Digital entry on your CV, it's always something that we look at and that ticks one of the boxes. As well, um, lots of university degrees offer a year out to do a placement, and if you've done that, then that makes it so much easier for us. Yeah, that's definitely what we look for. There's a lot of coding courses online that you can do. So like my particular job, I'm, I'm a programmer, so you can go online and you can learn how to code just little applications, tiny little applications, just, you know, literally make a calculator. It's like the first ever thing that you do when you do programming, make a little calculator, and then you start getting more complex things, and you then eventually you get to the point where you're like, oh, well, I know enough coding now, so I can, like, download this game engine. So there's a lot of stuff like Unity 3D is a really good example. You can just download that, and it takes not much, not much time to be able to just put a little game together, just a bit of code, and you're on your way to making a game that's that's it you know it wasn't really like that when I was very when I was I say very young still young now but you like when I when I was first starting to know that this is kind of what I was doing in my life there was there weren't many resources out there but no, nowadays you've got unity that's just like you can just pick it up and make a game so that's I'd say that's that's the thing is to don't just sit there and think oh I want to I want to be a I want to be in games go out there and explore what 
what there what there is. So stuff, the game engines that you can get online, or little coding courses. Even if it is just a few lessons online on like Code Academy or something, you can go online and just just learn a bit. And then, as you as you're getting older and older, you, you can you can start getting it into the school your school life, and that's when you can really start learning more and more stuff. But it's that interest, that initial interest that you know you can, you can go out and find all sorts on the internet. Google's a massive place. As well as that, um, we we always ask you to provide either a portfolio of your work if you're an artist or a designer, or a demo if you are a programmer. And that's probably the most important part of your application. Um, lots of people have been discounted on the, the, the strength or the weakness of, of, their, of their demos. Um, if you're a programmer, what we like to see is a complete game. So, so something that you've worked on either in a group or individually. Um, complete game showing the whole life cycle of the game. So you've got your start menu, you go straight into the game, something that's bug free and a lot of people send them and it's full of bugs and that's very frustrating. So something that's bug free and um, just very polished and very clean and something that is um, something that, you, that you're proud of. It doesn't necessarily have to be in racing games or anything like that. Just something that you've, 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 you've obviously put the work in and, and we can see your passion and commitment through that. On the art side, um, with your portfolio, we, we always say quality, not quantity. Um, we don't want to say reams and reams of um, substandard art. What we'd prefer to say is two or three really, really polished pieces. So if, you, if you're a kind of a, an environment artist, think about how the light plays on the, on the scene and pick up the um, things like uh, litter on the floor and shadowing and, and, and all that, that side of things that always looks. That, that, that's what we look for, something that's really, really polished. From all of those disciplines, we get so many applications. So it's, it's about making your application stand out at the end of the day. Yeah, so I started Eutenics in 2013, September. So it's about about a year and like nine months or something. My maths is completely gone out of my head. I can't do simple maths. I don't know what it is. So yeah, about two years. I can, I can code maths, but I can't, I can't do maths in my head. So yeah, about two years, coming up to two years now. I think that's that, that's actually something that's really good about the games industry because everyone's a massive nerd and it's it really just kind of makes it so much easier because those terrible nerd jokes that no one understands is just amazing. When you when you can make a joke about programming and about coding and people laugh, you know you're in the right place. <laughs> it's seriously, it's one of those things where it's just like you make a joke and you think no one else on the planet would get that apart from my work colleagues. It's even worse when you're not at work and you make a joke like that. And then you're sat there thinking, nobody has no idea. Nobody has any idea what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny, actually. I get inspired by innovation, just generally. Like, I like the idea of people making new stuff. So I'm like a big fan of Google, how they constantly... So that right, right now they're, they're pushing the whole Google driving their own cars kind of thing. It's absolutely fantastic that they're not just doing like what's happening now, they're really pushing into the future and seeing what they can do with the technology we have and the technology up, up and coming. That's, that's something that inspires me just generally in life. Just people are out there doing that. And one, one, one day, like, not necessarily I'm going to say I'm going to run off and work for Google, but you know, just that kind of innovation I like to be part of. So I, I always say that regardless of whether you think it's possible or not possible or whatever, as long as you have the absolute passion to do something, whatever it is, that 
that will always shine through over anything else. As long as you really, really want to do something and you're willing to put in the work to learn the skills that you've got to do to get there, then that's overall what will always be anything else. If someone's absolutely fantastic at something and they're really, really great and they're the best program in the world and whatever, but they have just no passion for working in games and wanting to do that crazy stuff every single day, then they're not going to be as good as someone who's absolutely got the passion to, to work. And I, I always wanted to do this. And it's that's the reason that like I've just absolutely drove to do it. And I believe that anyone who really puts their mind to it and has the passion to do it will get there. It might be hard and it is, it is a difficult industry to get into just just because of the sheer amount of people that want to do it. But if you've got the passion for it, you will get there eventually. Um, I think it's really just looking at what, what are you interested in and being commercially aware as well. I think when I look at the people who have came onto the graduate scheme and they've really, really succeeded and they've done really well and they've accelerated their career, it's people who are aware of the bigger picture as well. So people who are aware of what's going on in games, what sort of trends are happening in games. Um, like like all of the box products we're moving away from console development um, so we now work on online games so it's people who recognize that that's that's the direction that the games industry is going in um, so in terms of online resources i mean what we always say to programmers is get yourself involved in, in an open source project online um, it's just something to show how interested you are and how you can you, you can collaborate with other people albeit in a, a remote situation as you would on online um, but that's always always really interesting as well as far as um, you know training and things like that go there's, there's so many kind of university courses that you can do online as well which you can often access for free um, if you wanted to start out in coding, there's a, there's a lot of things going on at the moment because um, coding's just been added to the school curriculum. So, so if you, even if you're a starter, there's a lot you can tap into now. Um, things like Code Monkey and things like that, which are, are always even if you are if you're you're um, you're a programmer in a certain discipline, maybe if you want to move to more web-related disciplines, you can you can you can learn and, and start yourself off on them there. So in order to become more of a rounded um, technician or, or, or programmer there's a lot you can tap into. I initially just thought that I had this crazy dream of doing something that wasn't possible but now I'm here I still I still don't believe it but you know it's that it's possible and that that you can you can do it if you want to do it enough that's kind of the big thing that I that I lacked I was like oh I'm just I've just got this crazy thing and even like so my, my parents weren't very supportive because they they have quite conventional jobs and it was that kind of thing it was just like you know it's it's one of those things where it is a real job and you should really you know really strive to do it and that's that, that's what I kind of I think I didn't have to begin with but then when I did learn that it was like home sailing from there um, I'm trying to think of some, something else um, just the interest that you, you show outside of class as well is a good thing. Like outside of your schoolwork, one big th one big thing that gets you a job in this industry is when you, if you go to university and you can do a degree. That's anybody can go to university and well, I say anybody, but you know you know what I mean like people. There's a lot of people who go to university and they will do their lessons and that kind of stuff. But when you when you arrive at an interview and say here's all this stuff I've done at university, that's fantastic. I got a great grade. Here's all this other stuff that I did in my spare time because I love it so much. That's kind of the, the real step up that a lot of people miss. 
That's probably my best bit of advice. If you enjoy it so much that you can spend your spare time doing it, then show that off because it's really important. I think networking has become quite a, um, a prevalent part of the games industry and there's a lot of different events you can go to. Um, particularly in the northeast, we've got quite a hub of, of, of game studios. So we have like games development drinks, um, I think that kind of happens every month or so. But you've got people from all different studios coming together and, and having a chat about what they're working on and what opportunities there are. Um, so even if you're a student, if you could go along to that kind of event um, and speak to the, you know, the people in HR or the people in the programming who are, who are doing what you want to do, it's always good to think that really shows your enthusiasm. Um, a lot of people as well, a lot of students go to um, some of the bigger conferences. We have a conference called Game Horizon and Gateshead at the Sage, and um, we've met quite a few students who then came on as graduates at that conference. So it's a good way to do it as well. Mm -hmm. Get get your face known. It's weird that even just over the short amount of time I've been here, the like the amount of responsibility I've. This is something I always talk about to the university students when they come round. Is that over the short amount of time I've been here, um, something that really drives me in my job is the amount of responsibility that I've been given, and we always like it's really bad and we shouldn't joke about stuff like this but we always say like oh if one of us, if something happened to one of us we'd, we'd be knacked because the you know the key the key members of our little team just we we wouldn't be able to run without them and it's that's something that i find like quite valuable people say that and people we say that about other people and it's just one of those things that keeps you happy in a job i guess when we see a place a student who's had a placement on the on the cv they they always go to the top of the pile um but the benefits to us are that we, um, we get to shape the talent as they come in um, and we always take on a placement student. I mean, one year we took on eight students all at once. And we, we take on as many as there are quality students in each year um, and it, it's great to see them coming through. The, the scheme has actually been running for 10 years this year. so. We've got people who started off as placement students who are now technical directors for the company. So it definitely works and it's proved to be probably our most successful talent pool. Um, but starting off as a placement, it, it means you, before you've actually finished your degree, you're getting real life experience in a team and you know, you're not working on side projects, you're not making cups of tea, you're actually straight in there working on code or working on artwork um, or, or des designing games. So that's, that's, I think that's the exciting part. I mean, we're a small company, um, so we, what you see, what you start to work on in your placement, you will then see within a couple of months within the game, which I think is very exciting for somebody who hasn't actually even completed their university degree yet. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot you can learn. It's, it's a kind of an intense 12 months, but we've, we've had, um, we've got staff at the moment who started on a placement. Um, at the end of the 12 months, we offered them a position to come back once they'd finished their, their university degree. So it, it really, really works. Um, and it's, it's like I say, it's been one of our successful forms of recruitment. Um, and. It's great to see so many people who, who started as graduates now taking on leading roles within the company, especially because they can then mentor people coming through the process. And every, everybody knows what it's like to be a placement student on your first day thinking, oh my goodness, this is scary. But yeah, so there's always people to, to guide you through the process. So usually like people, people saw, so when you see like, so Neo in the Matrix, when you see Neo in the Matrix, he's just sat in a little cubicle just kind of code in a way but it's not like that you, if you go into the office you can see it's very open plan you can just kind of walk around and talk to any 
any member of staff that's working on the team. So the designers just sit in their own little pod and like we sit in our own little pod. But it's not just, it's not like we're restricted to doing that. If you see that people are talking about something, a part of the game that either you've worked on or you, you, know, you, you are interested in, you can just walk over and get in on the discussion, regardless of what your actual like main job role is. You can just walk over and start talking about like what you think, what your creative mind's thinking about something. So it's that's something we always drive. We always drive here at Utenix is that it's it's not just the designer's game. It's not just one person's game. It's everyone's game. So everyone gets an input on that, which is it's really nice. So if you're interested in a uh, either a placement or a graduate role, uh, you need to email levelup at utenix.com. Um, and that'll come straight through to me. Like I say, you need a CV, cover and letter, and a demo or a portfolio of your work. Um, so, so make sure everything's perfect. I'm a stickler for spelling and grammar, so I, I like to see a really nice CV. Um, but yeah, just think about how you can make it stand out. If, if you think that, you know, I'm going to look at maybe 10 CVs that day, what's going to make me send your CV onto the, onto the senior team for, for consideration? Google me and go on LinkedIn. I'm, I, that's probably one of the best ways. I've got my own little portfolio website that I used to get my job, so they can have a look at that and see kind of what I used to get my job. It's not really changed much since I got my job. Um, people can, I, I have an email address people can email me at, talk to me like that. That's just, yeah, or just on LinkedIn is probably the best way. So our Twitter is um, at etx underscore level up. Um, so Level Up is the graduate scheme, so it's got its own Twitter site. Um, we've also got a Utechnics blog as well, um, and there's a lot on there about how you can, what, what we'd like to see from portfolios and demos and what you expect in your first year of, of a placement and things like that. So, so there's a lot of different things on there to, to tap into. We post a lot about Twitter, so we, we, we have uh, regular trips to Shanghai when we, because we, we we're working with some guys over there, and we always post pictures up and put them on Twitter and stuff. We went to uh, China Joy last year. It's like the biggest, uh, the biggest gaming convention. I don't. Know. I, I keep wanting to say it's in the whole world, but I'm pretty sure it's like the biggest in China. It's very, very big anyway. Loads and loads of people go to it, and we were there, and we were posting loads of pictures on Twitter about that. So you can have a look at that. It's a really crazy experience. It's nothing. It's nothing like you'd expect. It's just weird. You just kind of get there, and there's just cars everywhere. <laughs> there's a lot of cars, but it's really beautiful scenery. So it's, yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah, online, things like that. Or send us an email. A big thanks to Erin and Luke from Utechnics. Uh, hopefully that's given you some insight if you're interested in games design. So yeah, if you're listening to this in the first few days of it being released, then I'm not in the country, I'm in the United States. And um, who knows, I might have won a radio award, but... Uh, here we go. So this is the drama that I entered into the awards. It's been finalisted and uh, yeah, it's, it was a labour of love of mine at the time. So this is Seaburn. In the years after Mum died, Dad used to take me out to Pegwell Bay. This is where I come to escape. I don't really have anyone now. Not anyone close to me, aside from Sam, but he... Look, this time, instead of going to the beach after work, why don't you just come home? To our wives and sweethearts, may they never meet. May they never meet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Becky. You've got Sam. I, I shouldn't have... Kissed me again? You Accepted. wanted me to see a therapist. Yes. 
Yes, I did, and I still. Can't do. believe I made you cheat. That was wrong. The old Pippa. Yeah, my girlfriend before she went crazy. You don't get to call me crazy. That's not a privilege you can have. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it. <laughs> I shall no more to see to see, or I shall die ashore. Seaburn is a dark British psychological drama written and produced by Jay Sykes and starring Chloe Gosling. You can listen to Seaburn online by visiting soundcloud.com forward slash Jay Sykes Media. Or if you want to find out more about the producer, you can visit facebook.com forward slash J-A-Y-S-Y-K-E-S-M-E-D-I-A. If you're interested in hearing the whole of Seaburn, then you can. It is free to listen to online, so please do go ahead. Um, you can find it on my Mixcloud, on my Soundcloud. That's mixcloud.com forward slash Media or soundcloud.com forward slash Media. Um, it's entirely free. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, fingers crossed. I'm so... It's an honour to be even nominated for the award so whatever happens i'm gonna be happy with it so um so yeah once again a big thank you to our interviewees this week to luke withington and to erin turnbull from games design company utechnics and also love this track i love it so much this is john carl toth from tennessee usa and his awesome music you should check him out and you can do so by heading to reverbnation.com forward slash johnny spelt j-o-h-n-i-e so that's reverbnation.com forward slash j-o-h-n-i-e and he's also on twitter as well you can find him at johnny toth that's at j-o-h-n-i-e-t-o-t-h Hope you love his music. He specializes in scores and he's got some awesome stuff online. So please do check him out. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 12 of 99% Perspiration. And until next time, stay productive, stay awesome. Stay productive, stay awesome.